Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 36 of your stereotypical podcast. You've seen the cover art, you know who it is. Kyle Flowers, my man from uh the Nike Portland days and and uh beyond now is joining me. So this is gonna be a very sneakers heavy episode. So I hope you like sneakers because if you don't, you're gonna have a long time on this podcast today because everything is about sneakers. So one before I before I introduce Kyle. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I met Kyle. So when I first started working at Nike Portland, I didn't know like a lot of New York people in general. And Kyle is like the most New York cat I ever met. So I was talking about this with, on the podcast afterwards with Meredith and Krista last week. And they had they told me, I got to ask you when I talk to you, what does B mean? Like when you say, what up B? Like, what is that? What does B actually mean? It's it, it's really no real meaning behind it. It's it's just a saying that we use to refer to somebody else, whether it's bro, uh, homie. It's just another word. Like I, I I would like to think they've taken bro and shortened it to be, but that's that's just my that's how it's been here. It's kind of like the the way of life. So nobody really questions it. You just kind of just go with it. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So it's just kind of a thing that caught on because like on the west coast you know we got our slang we're like i think most of our slang comes from e40 anyway down in like the bay area because yeah. i mean portland portland doesn't really have its own style like that i think they kind of like get a little bit of seattle and a little bit of of, of california and everything they do yeah. uh so like you know you end up hearing people say like hella and all that stuff you know but yeah. new york almost, new york has its own flavor altogether. so yeah it's kind of like in chicago where they say uh joe like, hey, what up, Joe? Like, it's that's the thing there. So, have Same you ever met? Like have you ever met anybody from like Louisiana? Uh, yeah, yeah, one of my best Bro. friends from Baton Rouge. They got the craziest slang down there, man. Because you hear somebody talking, and they just it's like this mush of a sentence, and then you can make out a couple of things like a round, like when they call something, like they say, so for B for them would be like round. And they say it, but when they say it, it sounds so smooth. It's like buttery when they say it. So in <laughs> yeah, New York, New York got its own vibe for sure, man. So, um, I mean, you, uh, we already kind of told the people, the people, your name and how we met. Uh, so why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? And, and when, while you're doing that, why don't you tell them kind of like what the, the New York state of mind and like what that means to you and what it means to be a New Yorker? Cause I think it's something uh, that New Yorkers hold very near and dear and are special to them. So kind of like, you know, let us know what that means to you. Yeah. Um, just about me, man. I'm, uh, like you said, just born and raised in New York. So uh, for me, it's always been a hustle and bustle, a fast paced thing. Um, as a kid growing up, I was always in the sports. Um, that's kind of a thing that, you know, that cliche is where sports help get you out of the, or get you off the street. So, it's kind of one of those things that I was, you know, as a kid, I was always playing something, um, you know, after school or, or on weekends, I would go from basketball games to football practice or, you know, baseball games to, to basketball practice. And it was, there's always something that kept me active. So being, being from New York, uh, as far as that portion, um, it means a lot because I, I'm a true believer in the phrase, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Um, New York is such a melting pot of cultures and people and personalities and, and, and you name it. And if you can navigate through this, um, it's literally the city that, city that never sleeps. And there's, there's something here for everybody um, that come from all walks of life. So I've always thought that that was 
super interesting because there's a little bit of everybody here. Um, you know, fashion capital of the world, they call it. Um, just so much going on at all times. It's kind of like when it's so fast paced, that's one of the things I appreciate about being from New York is I can go any place else and it's a lot easier for me to slow down than it is for me to have to speed up. Some people come here and they can't. They're so like, uh, you know, uh, razzled by it. And it's, for me, I can go any place else in the world in the country and just, you know, if I have to slow down, I can. But if I go to a LA or a Houston or a Miami and have to pick up the pace, I can, I can do that as well. So that's probably my favorite thing about being from New York. If you can really make it here, everything else is a cakewalk. That's a pretty, that's probably, that's kind of how I felt like you were going to describe it because I think a lot of times New Yorkers, like they, I'm going to get on you a little bit. They off, they like have this mentality of like, oh, that's nothing. I like, you know, like we see somebody, if you saw like, a, if you were waiting for the max in Portland, right. And you see like a rat run out, you're like, damn, that's a big rat. New Yorkers are like, no, nah, that's not a rat. That's, that's nothing. I know that's the smallest rat in New York. Big as horses. Like they're just, they're getting like, you know, everything's not a big deal to them. Like they just seen everything. So I mean, it makes a lot of sense, though, because when uh, people started immigrating from from Europe and obviously other you know parts of the world, uh, they were hitting the East Coast. But New York and like Ellis Island was kind of the spot that everybody went to. So I think a lot of times that's why New York has so much culture and so much uh, heritage from every walk of life is because you have Italian immigrants, you have Irish, you have um you know, black people from all over the world, Haitian, Jamaican, you know, uh, Colombian people, Dominican. So that's really cool that that's something that you embrace and, and, and really hold dear to your, uh, to like your New York culture and how you think about things. Because I think a lot of times the East and the West coast are very good at having this, you know, mix of culture and the middle of the country, you know, depending on where you're at kind of skips over that because there's not as much diversity from these different places. So um, thanks for sharing that with with me and with everybody else, because I, I know you're about that hustle mentality. And you're about that New York lifestyle. But I think other people hearing that that could be motivational for them. So. Um, <clears throat> so now we could just get straight into sneakers, man. What was the first shoe or what was like that moment for you that got you into sneakers? Because a lot of us have, you know, the the we see a shoe and it has like a memory attached to it. If you're you know like us. And you see something and you're just like, oh, I know who designed it. I know, you know, where I bought it. You know, you could, I could point to any shoe back there behind you and you could tell me probably where you bought it from. You know, were you standing in line with somebody, you know, was there was this shop over here or it was like while you were working at Nike. So what was that moment for you where you were like, oh, sneakers is it like this is something I want to be a part of for the rest of my life? Um, That answer is kind of kind of has a, a couple pieces to it. Um. I'll tell you where it started. So as a kid, uh, my dad used to always, and even now he always tells me, um, try to figure out why things are, you know, why do things happen the way they do and that the learning process never stops. So, you know, when things would go wrong or things would go right, or, you know, I just had a question about something, I always wanted to figure out, you know, why it is to, that it works that way. And uh, back in the day for the Jordan 5, um, there was a commercial that, you know, uh, Spike Lee did as Mars Blackman. And the cat's question was, you know, is it the shoes? And because of what my dad taught me, you know, I was just like, well, is it? Like, is it the shoes that are really making, you know, athletes or Michael Jordan in particular be that much better? Better? 
Is it the shoes that are helping him fly? Is it the shoes that are helping him jump higher and, and move faster, whatever it is? And I've always found myself reiterating the answer to that question. And truthfully, it's yes and it's no. You know, obviously shoes aren't gonna make you jump out of a building, but the way shoes are designed, um, they are designed to help the athlete and give the athlete in their respective sport that much more of an advantage, whether it's lighter, stronger, supportive, and things of that nature. Like, so just those those two, you know, combining factors just kind of had me enamored with with sneakers and how they work. And you know, then like I said, I played sports. I was always into you know certain athletes and 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 what they were wearing and you know things like that. And then you couple that with um Deion Sanders famous line you know if you look good you feel good if you feel good you play good if you play good they pay good so um I was always looking at what people had on obviously Mike had a big influence in that and and you know other athletes as well but Mike was probably the staple in terms of you know signature shoes and and certain kicks out there that just caught me and I was just like yo this is so dope I love the way you know stories are able to be told by footwear uh, that's I'm glad you brought that up because I want to stay on on uh, MJ for a minute because I think MJ and Spike Lee um, and obviously if you don't know who MJ is I'm talking about Michael Jordan uh, for the uninitiated um, I think what they did for sneakers and sneaker culture really like set everything off because when you look at the Jordan Tinker Hatfield too excuse me I don't want to leave him out but when you look at like the Jordan three and where sneakers were at at that point, like shoes were just shoes. It was just like, I'm getting this shoe to hoop in or run in or whatever, right? Because there were shoes before that that were dope. Like the Air Max One is probably one of my favorite shoes ever. And it's super popular now, but I think it's because sneaker culture has evolved to this place of it's so commercialized. And what they did for sneakers in that moment was made them so culturally relevant that like it just kind of poured over into everything. So then you go from, I mean, you look at every Jordan signature model from one to uh, let's say 14, let's cut it off right there. Right. All those shoes stand the test of time and people still hoop in a lot of those shoes now. And I'm not saying that you're like, you know, smart to go hoop in a pair of Jordan ones, but just culturally like to have something so cool on your foot and to, to be so in tune with, uh, seeing like what people are into and how that kind of draws them in. And like you said, the storytelling element, if not for Michael Jordan, Spike Lee and Tinker Hatfield, that, that trio right there, I don't think this thing is where it's at now. I don't think it's, it's, you know, a sneakers app and people lined up around the block and people paying double price, double the retail sticker price and, and all that for shoes. So I think those three were instrumental in that whole process. And, you know, without those three, I just I don't see it like I don't see it blowing up the way it did, um, because now you have cats rocking shoes where you're like, nope, like those were on sale or like nobody was looking for those when they came <laughs> out. You know, like you got cats with like these crazy ass Jordan colorways on that. Like, I mean, you're a purist, too. So you probably like some non OG colorways, but you're not the OG colorways are it like that's that's gospel. That's where it's at. If you got on a pair of black and red routines like that's that's where it's at. Not the like white and blue stuff or the white and purple. That's cool. But the OG colorways that the man himself wore, like that's where it's at. So I think um, we we kind of brush over that because sneaker culture now has changed so much. And mm-hmm. um, we're going to jump into talking about your podcast a little bit. But do you like where sneaker culture is at? Or do you think that it's kind of 
uh, in a, in a weird place. So I'll give you, cause I'll let you know how I feel after, after you, uh, let me know. But I, I kind of wanted to get your take on that because you are a purist as well and are really into the, the old school stuff too. Um, I think it is in a weird place. And the reason I say that is because, um, if you look at some of the more popular names behind footwear, so your Michael Jordans, your Penny Hardaways, you know, those type of guys and, and Allen Iversons and, you know, for respective brands, Larry Johnson at, at Converse, like those guys are so far removed from the game. It's like, you know, there's no, no genuine story. Like for, for folks like you and I who got to watch Mike play a little bit, you get to see that essence of the connection between athlete and brand, athlete and shoe. Um, so there was some, some fun times in going to get that shoe. But for now, the younger generation hasn't really gotten a chance to watch some of those athletes play. And that's regardless of what the sport is, um, you didn't, you don't connect to it as, as you know, like we would. So the game now is changing because, you know, people are finding their own stories to connect to footwear and the brand, but they're not the same story. So like you said, it's those, those colors. So now people are more connected to, a Travis Scott, you know, those type of, you know, a Bad Bunny and, you know, all those different types of collaborations, so to speak, more so than the actual fact that it's a Jordan. Like, I don't know if people, like if Travis Scott wasn't connected to that shoe, would you still be as into the colorway as you are? So that's one side of it. Another part of the culture that I'm not the biggest fan of, but I also understand it's a nece- not I don't want to say necessary, but it's a it's here to stay is the resale market because I've, I've worked in the footwear industry since 2005, four, 2004, summer 2004, my first job at foot action. Um, so me paying retail prices is a stretch. You know what I mean? It, it kind of creeps me out when I have to pay a dollar <laughs> more than that. And it's like, Ew. so now to it's see tough. That- Hold on. I just want to say it's tough, right? Because when we were when we were at Nike getting to go to the the, the employee store, uh, we're probably going to reference it as the ES. So when we went to go to the ES, like and everything's half off, you're like, oh, this is great. I can get two pairs of shoes now because it's the same as retail. Like, yeah, sign exactly. me up. And now you're like, oh, I don't know, man. If I don't get it at 180, I definitely don't know if I'm going to pay no damn 320 for it. I don't want to pay 181. <laughs> so that like that's that's the, the funky part about it is like people are paying astronomical and exponential prices for footwear and it's like and then for me that really bothers somebody like me like you said because i'm more of a purist and a, and a culturalist behind it I, I, first of all i don't like the term sneakerhead because i feel like every weekend somebody's buying sneakers and before you know it they got 40 pairs Does that make them a sneakerhead no that just makes them somebody who bought sneakers every weekend so it's more of an aficionado thing for me um, you know, and, and these kids are buying footwear for these crazy prices and can't tell you about the shoe. Regardless of what you see behind me, I can look at the shoe and break it down tech wise. I can, like I said, tell you the designer, I can put the story to it. I can tell you that, you know, you know, whatever it is about that shoe and I'm still not paying $430 for it. You know I mean? I, I do have a, a crazy price point story. Uh, I've only paid I've only paid four figures for one shoe ever. But if I tell you the backstory to it, you're going to be like, oh, that doesn't really count. So we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, that, the, the culture is, is so different now because people are, are con- not as connected to the athlete uh, for the big name shoes as they are 
or as they were, you know, back in the 90s, so to speak. Well, and that's the hard part for me, too, is when I see people, you know, that I, I know I've known pretty much like forever that are like, oh, yeah, I got this shoe or I got this shoe. Or I'm pissed off because I didn't hit on sneakers. You like you couldn't like you just said, you couldn't tell me anything about the shoe. And that doesn't mean that it's, you're not allowed to go buy the shoe, but don't act like you've been doing this since, you know, like you said, oh, five or something like that. Right. Because a lot of a lot of Jordans back then were going on sale. Like the the mm-hmm. lifestyle series, the LS series that was coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have some dope colorways. And the thing is, the materials on those shoes are way better than they are now. When when you look at when you brought up Travis Scott, and I'm glad you did. I I love what Travis Scott's doing with Jordan Brand because I think he knows that the materials and the way the shoe looks right off the bat and how it feels matters. Because when I pick up like a suede, or I could you know look at like the Raging Bull fives that came out this last weekend. That's way it looks like trash. Like it really does not look very good. And I haven't seen it in person, but uh, when you see a picture of the, the, um, the Oh nine version next to the current version, it doesn't look nearly the same. The suede isn't, doesn't nap. It doesn't like, you know, move and all it, it, it's very different. So like, I think you and I are very similar in that when we look at a shoe, we're not just looking at it going aesthetically. It's pleasing to the eye. We're also looking at like, what does the materials look like? Oh, what's the, you know, stitching? What's the quality look like? How's this going to stand up over the test of time? Because people get stoked when there's a a translucent bottom on 11 sometimes. And I'm like, that's not what it looked like when it came out the first time. I don't want it to look like what you're doing now. I want it to look as close to the original as possible because that's Mm -hmm. what a retro is supposed to be. So, and by the way, I, I purposely put this pair of low top 11s here because you and your boys were shitting on low top 11s on your podcast. So I did it. I trolled you guys because I, I got I love this snakeskin pattern on the, on these low top 11s. I think if snakeskin or like animal print is done properly, it can look really, really cool. Oh, let, me, always... let me say that up. My personal beef with lows is not the, like, especially with the 11, since that's the one you have, right? My thing is, I, the 11 is by far my favorite shoe. And that's a big part because of the patent leather. So my issue with the low top 11s is when you took the patent leather off and it was that IE, that's the part, the one that bothers me. I can deal with that. I'm, I'm okay with the snake skin. I'm okay with like, if I had to go get a pair of uh, 11 lows, it would be the, the red patent leather one because it never came out in a high. But that's a side story. Like the, the, the low stuff works in the event that like, you know, it, it, it's it's flowing, but you're not gonna just take the one of the key components off and then say, oh yeah, this is dope. That That's where I'm at with it. That's why I have my beef with the 11. Okay, so I'm glad you Low, made that point said. because, so now, I so I always said, uh, and I, this is never going to happen. If I ever got a chance to do my own custom, like, you know, whatever, like friends and family thing, right? I would pick the Jordan 11 because I have ideas in my head of like what I know would look dope and what I think would be very different and unconventional to that shoe. And one of those things is doing a high top, but having snakeskin on it and having it be this like very different look. And I think I think we both appreciate when there's designers or people that put their touch 
on or put their thumbprint or their DNA on a shoe that didn't have it in the first place. So certain shoes shouldn't be allowed to even be messed with in that way. Like, I don't think um, you can put like, you know, a bunch of suede or nubuck on a Kobe five. Like that's stupid. Like that, that doesn't even make sense. Right. But you know, if you could do it to, cause let's, let's be real. Like 11s are more of a casual shoe for people than they are a basketball shoe now. So like you could change those materials out and you could still have a dope looking shoe that, you know, people aren't going to hit the court with anyway. But, uh, yeah, so I'll make sure if I ever get to do that, I don't send you a pair because you don't like snakeskin on your 11s, man. <laughs> I'm I, just kidding. I, you know, I, be- I, I love them. Like, so, and, and then, so to, to your point, that's, um, I believe they had then, uh, uh, Drake do the OVO pair that was high top and snakeskin. He did. It, so it has like, uh. It looks, it's the OVO, but it's not the OWL logo. It just literally says OVO. PJ Tucker, that motherfucker, man. He has one of the dopest pairs of 11s I've ever seen. That is, and he wears a 14 too. So if I ever, if I ever see him, I'm gonna be like, look, I know you don't wear those. Like, let me get them. Um, But it's a high top pair. Let me know when you see him him because he has a pair of Rice Kobe twos, threes, Rice Kobe threes. That I need to get off him because he's he wore him in a game once and he's I'm pretty sure he's not gonna wear him again. So when you see him, let me know. <laughs> but that's the thing that bums me out about some of these cats is like you're buying like everything, so you're gonna wear it one time and then what? Just keep it forever? Like doesn't that? I mean, that doesn't really make that much sense because like you have what like 150 pairs of shoes? Well, a little over 150, yeah, 160. So so there's pairs that you don't even get to sometimes or you're like, shit, I forgot I had that, you know, and and that's you have a catalog in your head of pretty much everything you have, but you still forget stuff. I mean, I only have like 50 pairs now and some 40, 50 pairs. And I forget sometimes like, oh, yeah, I forgot I had those or I see them on TV and I'm like, I'm going to wear those this weekend because I forgot I had them. You know what's funny? The reason I used to be like that when I had a bunch of boxes, because to me, it's just a box. And it's like, OK, what the hell's in that box? But getting this stuff actually helped because obviously I can see him with the drop front cases, but also, you know, when I first started getting these and setting these up, I had to pretty much do an inventory to kind of put them in order. So that, that really kind of reset the meter and said, oh, okay, I have this, I have that. Now I can see it. And, and it kind of worked out. So that's the, these have been helpful in that regard. So that's the kind of meticulous that we are because, you know, I know you have all like if you have, you know, Jordan ones or 11s or whatever, they're all together. And like you can see right here in my clear, clear tubs, I have my 11s and then there's the empty one that they're, you know, sitting here. So my Air Max ones are all together. I I understand completely. It's very meticulous because I don't want to say I I think connoisseur is, is a word that's underutilized in the sneaker community because. There are certain people I see that start talking about sneakers like Macklemore or something. And no disrespect. He's like, he's a cool artist. I like some of his music, but like, come on. Like he's not, we're not like we're talking about fat Joe, right? Like fat Joe is like that dude. I mean, when you talk about custom sneakers from, from Nike, there's not a lot of guys or, or girls or anybody out there that was getting the type of stuff that he was getting. Fat Joe is on another planet when it comes to, like just stuff you can't get. I mean, some of the Terra Squad Air Force Ones, some of the Jordan stuff he was getting, it's just, it's impossible to keep up with somebody like that. I don't know who his plug was. 
I don't know if he had like a side deal with Gentry Humphrey or something, but that man was getting everything he wanted and then some. So there, there's levels to it. And I think a lot of times like the knowledge uh, gets lost because the technology aspect is is big for me. I think you see this progression of like a Jordan one all the way up to like a 14 and just how drastically different those two shoes are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're going from basically a dunk with one little Wimby air unit in the heel that you can't even feel to this, no pun intended, because it is modeled after Ferrari, but a Ferrari of a shoe, you know, that has all this tech in it that is that still stands the test of time now. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool to see. And I appreciate, you know, where you're coming from with that knowledge. Cause like I kind of said to you off camera before we started, like there's very few people that I look at and go like that cat knows more about shoes than I do for sure. And you're one of those people like when it comes to Jordans and like Kobe's and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you put me up against the best, but the Nike basketball silo and, you know, some of the other stuff out there, like, I don't know that forwards and backwards. Like I do some other stuff. So that's a hat tip to you and a nice little, uh, nice little way we start talking about your podcast. So you have the rock and stock podcast. And I know we kind of been chatting about that since you started it. And, you know, I've been, in, I, I just been really, it's been fun to watch you guys kind of progress and grow with it. Um, how did that start? And, and, you know, what, what were your uh, initial thoughts when you first started? Do you like, do you see it going somewhere where you're like hundreds of episodes into it? Or is it just something you guys are kind of touching and feel and just having fun with right now? Um, a little bit of both, actually. Uh, so as far as how it started, I really didn't have any any thought process to do uh, a podcast. Um, for those who follow me on Instagram, you kind of know that I used to have this this little segment called uh, Trivia Thursday, where I would do a lot of you know sports trivia, Nike based trivia, footwear trivia, things like that. And I have a friend who's actually a co host now on the show, who he has his own podcast. And, you know, I randomly came up with this thought, like, hey, you know, what if I want to do that? And it's so funny because, you know, I hit him up one day and I'm like, yo, you know, Malik, man, I want to, I want to, I want to talk to you about something. He's like, you know what? I've been meaning to talk to you about something too. And it was so funny that day it was the same idea we were having. I was like, yeah, man, I know you got your podcast and I'm thinking about starting one. What do you think? He was like, yo, that's what I want to talk to you about. Like, what do you feel about starting a podcast? Because, you know, I know you love sneakers and, and, and he was saying he loved them. And I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. So this is late 2019. I'm like, all right, okay, cool. Let's go down to you know a podcast studio. Let's see what the what the prices are and renting and what do we need to do to make it happen. And COVID hits. So COVID hits, and we pretty much tabled the entire idea for about 10 months. But throughout that, you know, I was kind of sharing that idea and, I, you know, I actually did the logo for the, the the podcast itself and, you know, it was starting to grow a little bit of legs and I was like, okay, maybe we can really do this. And, you know, I thought about, you know, well, who else can kind of help me, you know, with this stuff because I'm, I'm in just kind of the way it works out. I'm super Nike biased. I'm super Nike heavy, but I thought this podcast would be something to help me break away from that a little bit, at least from a knowledge perspective. Um, so I brought my, my best friend along HG who he's into the industry, but from more of the, you know, collector, you know, but he's all over the place. He'll go get ASICs. He'll go get, you know, Adidas. He'll go get whatever it is he wants. 
and he's pretty well versed in that resale industry portion of it. Um, so I thought he was a perfect fit. And then, you know, I had another homeboy who was into the media life and, and sort of four of us are the rocket stock gang. Um, and that's how it came about, man. We were just having, you know, just kind of shooting the breeze and, you know, had the same idea. And, you know, the end of last year, we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Are we really going to start doing it? And because the whole, you know, pandemic kind of, you know, pushed aside the idea to be in the same space in the recording studio, we said, oh, you know, let's do, you know, the whole virtual pandemic started. The whole virtual, let's do everything online kind of really took off. Um, and that's why we were like, well, let's do it on Zoom. You know, one of my guys actually lives in, in Florida right now. So that was helpful. And, you know, when he got on and then we all decided to do it, you know, we did a, a sample episode just to kind of see how we flow and how it looks. And that worked out well. And then we just took off. And now it's about, you know, learning every episode, you know, how we can mesh, who can do what, who has their lane. You know, we, we all have fun and we all contribute with, you know, topics and, you know, what we want to talk about and, you know, guests and things like that. So, I mean, we're at five episodes deep, but, you know, every day we're learning, you know, different elements to add, what we want to do, what we, you know, stay away from and strengths and weaknesses. So, it's been a fun journey so far as far as like what, you know, where we want to go with it. Um, it, it I don't want to say it's episode to episode, but. It's definitely something we're having fun with, but, you know, in my, my podcast research, uh, I don't know, who, you know, a lot of people who are familiar with uh, Kev on stage, the comedian, but somebody asked him, like, you know, what is it like to start a podcast? And he said, well, if you're starting out, be prepared to do 100 episodes and nobody knows who you are. So when I heard that, I was like, OK, am I am I really willing to do a whole bunch of episodes and only have some of my friends listen, some of my family listen. So, um, you know, once we had that mindset, you know, let's just have fun with it and see where it goes. I think it, it became a little more free flowing and, and fun in that way. Well, I know one thing's for sure. When I listen to you guys, you guys are clearly friends and you guys care about each other because uh, I think some of the conversation you guys have is really cool in that it sounds like, you know, it's, four four bros basically just talking about talking about kicks and kind of like where the culture's at and and things coming up and you know releases and all that so i think you guys have a great um a great vibe and a great sound and it's really cool to hear you guys do what you do because uh being by myself is very different and you know how my how this podcast started and kind of you know how it got to where it's at now but Man, it's a steep learning curve because some of this stuff you you know, <laughs> editing audio is is a very intimidating process when you first start because you don't you have no idea what you're looking at. So when you get on um, a program like Audacity and there's all these buttons and this crazy shit going on, you're like, what is this? You know. So you have to either it's it's really fight or flight, and I think you guys are doing a great job. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more episodes from you guys. And I know you guys have some guests coming on, right? Do you want to share any of that? Or are you guys going to keep that to yourselves for now? Either, um, either answer is fine. I'm just going to ask. No, no, no. We, we, well, so the way we, we scheduled it out, it was like, we wanted to get five episodes under our belt before we started bringing people on. Cause one that, that helps us with our flow and how we, you know, we can get things done. 
Um, so we just recorded episode six uh, yesterday, actually. And we had our first guest. Um, won't tell who the guest is yet, but he is definitely a, a historian and, and a culturalist in the sneaker game who's been around since pretty much its inception. Um, and there, there's a lot of information on there. There's a lot of, and, and that's why I wanted him on, especially first, because he's going to give us a perspective that not a lot of people really care about. A lot of people care about the Jordans, the Adidas, the Under Armors, but he gives us, he gives a, a raw and an honest perspective on the industry, uh, buying, reselling, unknown brands, things like that. So that's going to be a fun episode too, to uh, when we can put that out there in about a week or so. Well, I'm looking forward to that because um, I know that's that's one thing that's tough. Us both being Nike alum is like you hear when because when you're in there and you're working there, you're like locked in, right? Like Jordans and Nikes, that's it. Like there's no other brand. And once you like kind of get outside and you start looking, you're like, damn, there's like some other really cool stuff. Like I, I found this uh, this pair of of New Balance. Uh, they're, they're doing a collab with Bape and they're doing a couple of different colors and it's kind of like this old man shoe, but with like this Bape inspiration to it. And I'm like, damn, this is really dope. Like I am, I have to get both pairs of those shoes. So getting different brands has been, has been weird. I bought a pair of new balance running shoes like two weeks ago, you know, like it's just, uh, it's cool to see some of these other brands really stepping their game up. And, and I'll say, I think some of the other brands out there have amazing quality control and they put really, really cool materials and colors on their shoes. And that's something I'm big on, man. The materials that go into a shoe, especially if it's a casual shoe, I think really, well, obviously performance, but performance, they're not going to cheap out on stuff that you could potentially like, you know, really hurt someone. So I'm not necessarily speaking to that part of it, but if you're putting suede on a shoe, I'm going to really be meticulous about the suede I'm buying because no, you know, that you could, if I'm paying $180, I should be getting some really good suede. Like I shouldn't be getting stuff that feels like a carpet at the movie theater. Uh, <laughs> so, so I think uh, that's really cool. You guys have somebody like that coming on and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what you guys have to say and, and that conversation. So um, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. So stretch goal are there one or two people that if like in your dream scenario you want to have on to talk to for an hour, who would those one or two people be? Um, I can probably give you three people. So one, um, Tinker Hatfield would be a good one to talk to. And that I can honestly tell you that would be a damn near four hour episode if we let it. <laughs> um, you have to break that up in like two or three parts for sure. Yeah. Um, Another one is Jason Petrie, uh, designer for LeBron, Nike basketball. And another one is a person I actually know um, personally, and you know he's doing great things now over at Adidas, and that's Jason Maiden, who a uh, mm-hmm. long-time Nike guy who's now you know working with Adidas and Adidas basketball team with Jerry Lorenzo, the whole Fear of God collection. So um, he's somebody I want to get on the show because he's another uh, intelligent guy. Um, and the reason I named those three is because at this point, even though I've had some contact with them, you know, over the years and during my journey, they're not somebody I can just easily say, hey, you want to get on the show? Okay, cool. There are other people who I'm close to that I can get on the show. And I, I've, I've already reached out to those and broke ground there. But those three, I, I don't have the immediate access to. So that's why I went with those three. 
No, those are good answers, man. I think that's really uh I mean, you'll get them. So I'll be honest with you, I think Tinker is gonna be the hardest one. But if you get Tinker, you'll be just fine. That's gonna open up some other avenues for you guys very quickly. So I, I got faith in you, bro. You're you're a persistent guy. One thing about East Coast cats that a lot of people don't understand is like there's a different level of persistence and urgency to a lot of the things they do. So uh where you know the northwest the pacific northwest especially is very passive aggressive and mm -hmm. you know people can't be very honest like one thing that um kyle and i always never had a problem with was just being honest with each other about like whatever like if he did some something that which didn't really happen but if he did something to piss me off or i did something that pissed him off he could just tell me and we might yeah. have like a little little argument or something but it's not like a thing where it's just like okay i hate you now because of this you know it's just like having that having an honest conversation with somebody so you're persistent and i know between you and your guys you guys will get all three of them on i have no doubt about it so um man you are there any other things you want to say about the rock and stock podcast um and for those not listening or excuse me for those not watching because you're obviously listening if you can hear me uh <laughs> kyle Kyle's social media handle is uh, sneaker addict 426 and that's S N K R addict addict at wait I just messed that whole thing up. Let me try again. <laughs> S N K R A D D I C T 426 yep. and then for the podcast it's the rock and stock podcast. So they have yep. social media. Uh, they have Instagram for both of those. And then where can they listen to you guys at? What streaming platforms are you guys on? So we're right now, we're available on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So pretty much the main three guys. Um, that's where we are. And like I said, the podcast has been fun so far. I mean, you know, I've learned a couple of things along the way, whether it's on the sneaker side or on the podcasting side of it. Um, you know, um, we, we try to really dive into a lot of different elements of the sneaker culture. And it's not just, hey, what's coming out coming out this weekend. It's tech, it's history, it's, you know, the industry stuff, it's, you know, designers, it's um, collabs, it's whatever. So, I mean, because we're so young, we haven't touched on everything yet. But, you know, we try to do what we can so far, especially with current events and, and things like that. So uh, it's been a fun ride so far. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to continuing to watch your guys' journey because I think you guys have some big things in store for you down the road for sure. So um, thank you for sharing all that stuff about the Rock and Stock podcast. And uh, hopefully you guys listening right now, go check that out too, please, because uh, they're doing some cool things over there and they know their shit about sneakers. Like I said on, on IG the other day, uh, we scratched the surface a little bit on, on your stereotypical podcast, but they are deep diving over there on sneakers. So if you want sneaker talk, that's the place to go for sure. Um, so thank you, Kyle, for sharing that. And okay, so I know before we started, you said you had a curveball to throw my way. So lay it on me, bud. What is it? I mean, it's not really so much, you know, a, about you know you. I was just going to wait for the the sneaker portion where we're you know we're talking top five or we're talking things of that nature. So that's when the curveball comes in. But but. If I have to fill in right now with the curveball, I'm curious to know what are some things you because now we're both podcasters now, right? So we can have that conversation. What are some things that you know we're on episode 36 now? From episode one, what are some things that you learned about yourself in this whole podcasting journey? That's a fantastic question. Um, man, 
first of all, thank you. And I would say some things I learned about myself. Um, I will do anything it takes to win. And I mean, I, I don't like there's okay. Like saying winning and losing in like the podcasting space sounds weird, but I mean more so like if my video quality isn't on point, I will make it better. If my sound quality isn't good, I'll make it better. If like the way I'm speaking or how I come across isn't good, I'll, I will make it better. So like, there were a couple episodes I did just straight up by myself that like I didn't have a guest on or anything. And that was really more so me seeing like, what do I need to work on? How do I need to change uh, how I speak, how my rhythm goes, how my flow goes. And what I found in that was that I wasn't confident enough in myself for a long time. Um, I think a lot of times when you're really, really confident in yourself, some people take it as arrogance. And I would say that that person who thinks that I'm arrogant for being like supremely confident in myself is someone who does not have enough confidence or has never had enough confidence in themselves because I'm not out here like beating on my chest and doing this, that or the other. But like if if uh, I know I'm good at something, I'll tell you if I know I'm not, I'll just I'll tell you that, too. But I think I wasn't confident enough in myself. And uh, this whole experience has made me so much more confident in everything that I do. So whether it's a job interview or like a meeting at work or whatever it is, like I'm not scared to speak up. I'm not scared to to plug myself shamelessly. I shamelessly plug this podcast. If I don't care if I'm on a work call and somebody brings up like, oh, what'd you do this weekend? I recorded a podcast this weekend. So I'm going to tell them I recorded a podcast this weekend. I could be like, oh, I hung out and I did this, that, the other. Like, you know, I'm confident in that. Like if you go if you after work get done and you go listen to what I have to say, you're going to take something away from it or the person that was talking with me, you're going to get something out of it. And another thing I learned is the power of like collaboration and getting rid of a competitive mindset in some aspects. Like I can be competitive with me in this space, but if I'm saying like, I got to beat Joe Rogan or I got to beat Joe Budden, that's stupid because First of all, they're so much farther ahead that if I'm only focused on beating them, I'm not focusing on me and I have the blinders on to all the other things going on. And what this has made me realize is it's okay to uh, start small and it's okay to, you know, be, be rough and raw and not be great at it right away. But if there's not progression and growth to what you're doing, then, and this is just personally for me then I'm wasting my time and I want, I don't want to waste a single second and podcasting like really has brought me so much joy and made me feel that like the friends and the people that I've surrounded myself with are amazing people. You know, like last week I had on Meredith and Krista, shout out to you ladies, because that episode is incredible. my favorite, you know, like shout out to you, Kyle, for coming on here. I know we've been talking for a while about doing this and I'm so glad that we were able to uh, take some time today and do it. Like the, all, every single Adam and Adam and Malcolm, um, uh, JP, uh, Chris, uh, Veron, just every single person I've had on has been somebody where I look at them and go, wow, like that's a great person. That's a good human being. And, uh, it's just made me really grateful and it's humbled me in, in that I, I'm surrounded by amazing, talented people. So, uh, those are some of the things I've taken away in these first 36 episodes. I hope that answered your question. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, is there anybody you want to get on? Yeah, 
my stretch goals. So I'll give you I'll give you a couple. Um, I'd love to have Charles Barkley on here one day. So for those that don't know, my wife and I got another dog, and his name is Sir Charles Barkley. Sir uh, Charles Barkley, that's his nickname is Sir Charles um, Chuck. He's one of my favorite human beings, but he's also one of my favorite basketball players ever. So that would be really fun. I think we have a cool conversation. And, you know, he's an honest guy, so I could pretty much ask him anything. and He'd give me a crazy-ass answer. Um, so that'd be fun. And Dave Chappelle. Like, I really – I admire Dave Chappelle in a lot of ways. And I know that some people might find that odd, but I think – I think he has fantastic values. I think that he – he sold so much of himself in the beginning of his career that he knows what he's willing to uh, to sacrifice and what he's not willing to sacrifice. And to be able to have an hour of a person's time like that and kind of pick their brain and see how they tick and just kind of learn from them and let them do their thing, um, that would be amazing. And he's also, you know, my favorite comedian ever too. So that would be easy. But those would be the two off the top of my head that I would definitely, oh, I almost forgot. Barack Obama. I would have Obama on here in two seconds. I would clear my calendar. I'd call out from work that day. I don't care. Whatever I got to do. If Barry O wants to come on, um, we got Barry O on here. So I got to see his top three, too. That'd be pretty crazy. So that those would be my three people <laughs> off the top of my head that I would want to have on here. Cool. Nice little uh, versatile roster. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> It's what I do, man. I mean, I, I was looking at it the other day too, and I'm looking at like all the guests I've had on here, and the you know the YSP family just keeps growing. But I haven't had any white dudes on this show. <laughs> like I thought about that the other day. I was like, I haven't had a white dude on this show the whole time. But I mean, isn't that a testament too to the kind of like the people around me and how like diverse the group of, of friends I have is? It's it's pretty cool. So, you know, I'm I every time one of you guys comes on here, I'm humbled because taking time out of your day to talk to me about. All this stuff is, is is fun for me, but you know it's 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 work for you guys because yeah you do this, but a lot of other people aren't podcasting, so it's tough for them to um, you know do this and put themselves out there, and it can be intimidating. So I appreciate every single minute I get on here with with whoever it might be. Yeah, I've, I've talked to people about podcasting. Like, oh, I don't know how you do it. I can't just. And I'm like, listen, once you, you know, it's kind of like talking to your friends, you just hit record the whole time. It's like, you know, it's not so much, you know, like a, like a, a hard press interview, even though it is an interview in some cases, but who knows about you better than you. So somebody asks you something, you just give them your, your, your honest opinion and thoughts on it. Only thing, only difference is that the mic is on and that's, that's pretty much it. So. That's a fact, man. Well, that's one some one thing too I learned like real fast is I was taking all these notes and writing all this stuff down, and like I have a great memory. And sometimes, like when you write too much down, you think you have to get to that topic or you have to get to that question. And if this doesn't come off as a natural conversation, nobody wants to listen to that shit. Nobody wants to listen to like. Okay, so we're talking about, you know, this thing and it's really exciting for the last 15, 20 minutes and everybody's listening to what you're saying and they're hanging on. And then you're like, all right, let's do this hard left turn over here to this thing because I have it written down. So I I got away from that quick. I don't have anything written down. Like I have little tiny notes on my phone and the notes thing and that's it. Like I really don't do a bunch of writing and all that because I like to just think it through and kind of let it happen naturally and organically and i think you know what you guys have over at the rock and stock podcast is that in spades so that's that's really cool listening to you guys do that 
Yeah, we. I, I had to learn that lesson too. Not you know, not to get every every topic accomplished, but you know, we still have the topics there just in case we we bounce to it and in a in a progressive and a, and a flowing uh, state. But uh, you're right, man. It's, you're not going to get to every topic, or you're going to run over time. You're going to lose people. So um, you know, we we prepare for it, but we know we don't always have to get to it. That's smart, man. Well, y'all, y'all are doing the right thing over there, and you're you're very young in it too. So y'all are better off at five episodes than I was. Trust me. <laughs> That's for damn sure. So, um, speaking of hard left turns, though, you, sir, got a special special invite here. Everybody else gets a top three, but I gave <laughs> Kyle a top five because I know it's damn near impossible for him to only do three. You know, it's probably hard as hell for him to do five. So. I'm going to yeah. open it up to you. You just, I, I might make sure you tell the people what shoe you're holding up or what you're talking about. Proceed, sir, please. Wow me. And I'm going to warn you guys, whoever comes on after this, good luck. Cause I know he brought it. <laughs> um, that's, that's the, that's, this is where the curveball comes in. Cause I have five, but I also have five honorable mentions. So technically, oh, I you ten. bastard. <laughs> I knew he was going to do something. I knew that. I knew he was going to do something where I was like, okay. <laughs> Like you right. didn't give me the th- okay, I got you. Go ahead, go ahead, just All do right. it. Um, I'll start simple, man. One of my favorites in my collection. Um, if you can't see it, and most people probably can't, but OG Royal, uh, foam posit one, you know, painting hard. Those are the ones from 90, 95, 96. These came out in 87, not this particular okay. pair, but this is the one, this is the same shoe. Uh, this is the one, you know, uh, Penny fell in love with. Um, wasn't even his shoe to begin with. Um, actually wasn't even debuted by him. It was debuted by, uh, Mike Bibby and, and, and Miles nice. Simon and that Arizona team that won a national championship. So that's one of my favorite kicks there. Um, I'm only going to show you this because it is my favorite shoe of all time. Um, but you know, just cause it doesn't have, I mean, it has a sting to it, but it's not the same. So obviously it's the. Concord Jordan 11 for various did you keep reasons. The box? Yeah, of course I did. I knew he kept the. So the reason I asked him that was because I know that that box is autographed by Tinker Hatfield. So that's why it he is. kept that box. It is definitely. Actually, the 11 is my favorite shoe all across the board. I mean, I don't know if you guys can see there, but I have quite a few pairs of them. Um, I even have cleated versions. So um, I'm just a nut for uh, 11. Um, another one I'll show you is one that again remember when I earlier I spoke told you I, I was paid four figures for a shoe but I really didn't but I did um so it's the nerf kd4 this is probably one of my prized possessions that I have in my collection um story behind this is and this is funny because kev was a co-host in the show right so kev um was like, yo, let's go to campus and 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 volunteer at the March Madness uh, uh, event that they had. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's go. So when we get there, um, one of the Eakins at the time asked us to to we want to participate in the trivia competition, you know, around Kevin Durant. Now I knew Kevin Durant from a footwear standpoint, but not his personal life. Um, and I ended up actually winning that trivia competition, and this was the prize. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, free shoe. Dope. I, I love it. Um, got into a little jam at one point and had to sell it. And I sold it for 1400 
and I hated it. That was the longest walk to the post office in my life. Um, I'm not a big fan of reselling. Usually when I get a shoe, it's probably because I want it. Um, but when I sold it, the dude told me, he's like, hey, look, man, I hold on to it. I know you're in a jam. I'll hold on to it for you. You ever want to buy it back, you can. And I sold it for 14 but I paid 12 for it. So did I really pay 12 for it? I kind of think it's a $200 profit, if you ask me. So that's my thought with this shoe. That's the story behind this shoe. But I love this shoe because it's so rare. Um, and it, the whole boxing kit came with the Nerf basketball. And, you know, you and I growing up, Nerf basketball, Nerf football, and Nerf anything was fun for us. So that was a moment there. Now, see, that um, was tough. I'm, I'm going to say real quick, the Nerf thing was tough for me because I was big as hell when I was a kid. So, like, <laughs> you know, you go dunk on that because, you know, you're like six, seven years old punching it on that thing just dunking over and over and over yeah, like I, no I, big I deal yeah yeah i had i had like one or two of those and i was just like all right i think this is this is not for me i'm too big for this <laughs> um next one i got um for those who do know me and from from a sports standpoint they know that i am a very very huge university of michigan fan um both basketball and football um and even baseball now um so one of my possessions is the university of michigan 12 the air jordan 12 so that's one of my favorites there um i actually have a, a crazy michigan collection of footwear so that's pretty dope um and the last in, in my top five of, of shoes that i own before i get to honorable mentions um new, new york is known to be a basketball powerhouse as far as uh, high school basketball street ball you name it um, and I went to a, a high school that was uh, definitely a part of that. Um, and, we, you know, we, we, we did major things. The legacy that Rice High School has in New York City from a basketball perspective is well known. Um, and we were also sponsored by Nike and specifically Kobe. Um, so up until we closed in 2011, which as a sidebar, we're trying to re get that reopened and then rebuilt and whatnot. But as a, uh, you know, up until that point, we were sponsored by Kobe. So we had all Kobe PEs and uh, I was fortunate enough to get a pair of the, I actually have four, five and six, as well as the Hyperdunks, but that's the Rice Kobe PE. What um, size are those? It's a sample size. You can see the tag, it's a nine. So <laughs> motherfucker, I knew it was, I knew it was a sample. Cause I, I saw the tag and I was like, I just have to confirm because it's either Kobe size itself, which is my size or it's uh, a sample. So Kyle yeah. is lucky that he can fit a nine in a lot of shoes. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> but the, these are that entire line, man, is, is near and dear to me because, you know, I put my time in that school and the tensions and, you know, you know, being a graduate of that, when, when we have these prior, you know, these, these pieces, they kind of, especially when when you represent one of the greatest athletes, you know, in NBA history. So that's a, a a dope one for me. And now to the honorable mention stuff. So I'll just go through this pretty quick. There's no real, I mean, there's rhyme and reason, but I don't, you know, I, I was only supposed to do five. Um, Galaxy KD4, uh, quick story. Like I said, we used to go to the ES. These shoes were $45. They were retailing at 90 so to get them half off was great, but to see that they resell for the thousands and like, you know, 900 is crazy to me because I only paid 45 bucks for them. Um, let, me, I, let me say too, before you go to the next one, man, the galaxy stuff they did 
I think it was the KD five, excuse me, the KD four, the Kobe mm-hmm. seven, and the LeBron nine at that time. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those shoes was dope. And then yep. the next year they did Galaxy again, and the Galaxy stuff was dope again. Like it was just two years in a row of just bam, like just and, and the the LeBron yep. silhouette, the Kobe Kobe seven wasn't so great, but Kobe eight silhouette and the KDs were were on point. So all the all the Galaxy print stuff they did then was like out of this world not to sound too corny (laughs) (laughs) um this is another one that i'm super excited about this is the women's og jordan and back then in 98 it was called the women's jordan um Mm -hmm. and it was just that you know women were wearing it and i was just so fascinated by this shoe i was like yo this is so dope why is it not you know out or why you know even when it came out back then i wasn't really trying to wear a woman's shoe but i just was so enamored with this shoe um, so when they retroed it and then they, they expanded the women's sizing, I was able to get it. So this is definitely one of my favorite shoes that I've wanted to see retro since 98. So I finally had a, had a chance to get that last year. Um, this shoe is, 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 is not, it's not super fancy. It's, well, it is a little bit, but, um, it's an Air Force One that is the only Nike ID shoe that I have. But it was a gift from, at the time when we were at Nike, um, Tim Hershey, um, I think we had done well with numbers opening weekend or something like that. And he said, you know, you guys can customize a shoe. If you, you know, we won the competition, you guys customize your own shoe. So I did an all elephant print Air Force One. Um, if you can see it, it's, it's red. And then it has olive laces. And the reason I did that is because it's synonymous with the Big Apple. So it's pretty much the shoe is the apple, the laces are the little leaf and green stem on it. Um, so yeah, these are actually dope because I'm actually wearing these in a to a wedding uh, next month. So yeah, a little. So I got some since, since you did that ID pair right there, Kyle. I got some for you because I still got my ID pair from that same thing. So hold on, let me pull them out real quick. <laughs> hold on. So I did an all purple Kobe seven and this was when I was in college. So my mom would write me like, you know, she sent me stuff and send me notes or whatever uh, with it. And she'd always write at the end. Oops. She'd always write uh, love mom. So mm-hmm. I put love mom on the back. Purple's oh. my mom's favorite color. It's my, my favorite color. So I did a, like an all purple Kobe seven. So I haven't worn these in a long time, but uh, I'm not going to get rid of them because, you know, they're custom and it's a of cool story. So. Um, next shoe I got <laughs> um, is this bad boy. So this is a LeBron 3 business. So when that whole LeBron series where they had to the kid LeBron and, you know, business LeBron, things like that. This one is dope to me, though, because it's a sample. And for those who know that when the business LeBron came out, LeBron 3, this was 15 years ago. When this came out, um, there was a cell phone on the medial side of the toe box, but it was a Motorola phone. But a lot of people don't really know that the sample has a candy bar phone on it. So the old Nokia yeah, that's that Nokia joint with snake on it, right? You know it. So that's the that's one of my favorites. And my and this last one, 
is a fairly recent pickup. Um, you know, I'm such a Nike guy, such a Jordan guy, but I've always had, uh, I've always felt a certain way about other brands and certain key sneakers uh, within those brands and key sneakers to certain athletes and moments in NBA history. So this is probably one of my favorite that I figured I would get. I don't know if I'm going to ever wear it, um, but it's the Reebok question, the red suede toe. Um, obviously, people know, you know, Iverson's story with that and the crossover on Mike. And, you know, so this is one of my new pickups. Um, like I said, I don't know if I'm aware, but it's definitely a collector's piece. And there are a few others that, I, you know, I'm probably going to be after that have that same flair. So. That's the end of my uh my curveball, man. You know, I couldn't do just five. I just have so many that, you know, have dope stories and, you know, have a little bit of meaning to them. So I just want to keep those those going. I'll give you a pass, man. This was a sneakers heavy episode anyway, so I'll let you get away with it, you know. I mean, we did uh pretty I mean the top three, I felt like that's why I landed on three because I feel like five gets into you know it's it's it makes it a lot harder for people which i'm sure you had a tough time obviously because you came out here with 10 shoes but uh <laughs> it uh it makes it difficult but it's hard man because when you look at your stuff you get three and you're like okay that's good they're like damn wait i forgot about those you that's know? how so I, that's what I always I found want. five i was like oh five oh what about these oh so it was yeah it, it took a while just to get five Man, oh, I know it took you forever. The 11s are tough, though, because I, I love uh, the Concord colorway, but I think the black and red might be my favorite. I don't know. It's tough. Um, I actually have a pair of 11s that, you know, I've never worn. I've never worn them. Um, they are about 15 years old, maybe. Yeah, about 15 years old. Um, so is that from the DMP pack then? That is the DMP pack in yeah, which see. both. I'm going to see if I can sneak it over there, but. I don't know if you guys can see though. They're actually autographed by Tinker. So I got those in a case. So it's funny, whenever I move, those go with me. Like I don't put those in a box and hey, pick those up. Like, like those, you know, in hand. No, so, man, you gotta be careful how you move because I heard one of your boys say it on a recent episode. He said when he moved to like he was moving home from Paris or something, and he put like 10 just bangers in one box. And I'm like, nah, bro, you got to like spread them around or something. Or like when yeah. we when we move, seriously, if I'm not driving the truck, um, I'll put like certain certain like clothing items and like certain shoes are with me the whole time because I know like, OK, I could get another pair of of, you know, Concord 11s. Right. I could get another pair of those. But like Kobe's now are very, very hard to get. There's certain Air Max ones. I'm like, no way, you know. So like, it's tough sometimes. And I know that, that sounds ridiculous for some of y'all because you're like, why are you spending so much time or worried about your sneakers so much? Worry about yourself, all right. Let us worry about our sneakers. <laughs> we worry about you, okay? We like shoes a lot, like we a do. lot. So yep. just let it go. Um, but yeah, man, thank you for sharing those because I know that's a tough thing for a sneaker hit. Well, I know you don't like that term for a connoisseur like yourself to pick. Yeah. 10 would be like telling a uh, a wine sommelier tell me your three favorite wines and they just scoff at you because it's so difficult to pick a couple of shoes out of that entire you know uh inventory that entire stock room you got back there behind you <laughs> so. not really that bad man i know people who are in the thousands this is small change 
No, nah, a thousand is too much, man. It's just you're never gonna get to all those shoes. You're never gonna wear them all. Like that's too much. It's a couple hundred, okay, but a thousand, like that's nah, that's too much. <laughs> so, but I think that's one thing too. As you got older, you probably been more picky, even pickier about what you buy, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like if I if I had to, uh, of a true confession for you, I've never purchased a pair of sneakers on the sneakers app. Well, that's great because uh, many other people who use the sneakers app also have not purchased any shoes on the sneakers app, but not for lack of trying. <laughs> I've never, I've never purchased a pair of shoes. I don't, I don't know what that trauma is like to, to, to not get the God of message. Like I've never, because everything I want, like I'm more after the stuff that I couldn't get as a kid. Like I mm -hmm. would, I would, I can't wait till the day that they really, they retro the fly posit three. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm more after the penny stuff that I missed and, you know, things like that, like those are exciting for me as opposed to some of the new stuff that I'm just like, all right, well, and even if it's something new, it's like that women's OG, that was going to sit. I knew I had time to get that. So things like that are, are what I'm after. Not so much the new Herald stuff that, you know, people are distraught over. They don't get on the sneakers app. Yeah, man, that's, that app is, uh, we could do an entire episode on that, but um <laughs> Yeah, that thing has some bugs to be worked out for sure. There are definitely some problems with that entire process. But it's like I don't even try anymore. I just it would have to be like something I really, really want to try to get it on the sneakers app at this point because it's just it's a crapshoot, man. If you I don't know how you get it and how you do all that in five seconds and then you don't win. Like it doesn't make sense to me. That I, I, I think there's a there's obviously a scaling issue too with the amount of product being made. Because if you can fulfill, you know, if there's 10 million people trying to buy and you can fulfill half of that, that's pretty good. But I don't think that they're making 5 million pairs of shoes for some of these launches. I think it's more in like the hundreds of thousands, which then creates the resale market problem in the first place, right? Because the supply and demand with you know the economics of it is, it just doesn't add up. So we could do a whole episode on that, but um <laughs> Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's really different out there. Cause I used to, I mean, I, when I worked at finish line, I didn't have to line up when I worked at Nike, I didn't have to line up. I mean, you go to the ES to get banded or whatever, but like, generally speaking, if you're there at a certain time, you know, you're going to get whatever you want. So yeah. it's a different world yeah. now, man. Yeah. Like that, but that takes so, away the thrill of it, man. Like that back in the day, it was a joy to be able to just go to the store and pick it up and try it on. Now you try it on. What do you mean try it on? Not trying it on like if it's not on this if it if you you're going to try it on that means it wasn't a hit and it was sitting so that's 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 how that works now um there really is no trying on at this point for new release stuff that was a joy for me back in the day being able to, to walk into your you know foot lockers and you know athlete's foot um things like that to be able to pick up a pair of shoes especially if it was a pair of jordans priced at 125. Now Shit, I remember my mom took me to Athlete's Foot to to get some basketball shoes, and I I begged her uh, when the Mellow eighteen point five was out. I was like, "This is I need this shoe. Like this is it right here." And I beat the hell out of those things, bro. But that was one of the most comfortable, wonderful pairs of shoes I ever hooped in. So uh, yeah, it's I think that feeling is just sucked out of it because now you have these like 
oh, I'm just hopping on this sneaker thing because I see everybody else doing it or because my favorite rapper does it. And they're like, they don't know that if you're going to buy a pair of 12 Jordan 12s, you probably need to go a half size down. They have no idea because they've never really been immersed in it like that. And they don't know what they're doing yet. So it's funny now when I see some of these like 20 year olds on Instagram with like 50 pairs of this shoe because their friends figured out an algorithm for this bot. It's like, you don't, you don't know shit. You're ruining this for everyone else. Thank you. Everybody I appreciate else. that. Yep. So yep. Not, not to sound like get off my lawn, but I mean, get off my lawn, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. So you got anything else you want to share with the people before we go? Any, uh, any plugging of the podcast, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, man, just check us out. Um, uh, the rock and stock podcast on Instagram. We're also on Twitter at the rock and stock pod. Um, you know, I, I just love talking about kicks, man. It's, it's, it's fun. You know I mean? It's, it's, it's when you're passionate about it, you get so knee deep into it. You don't even realize it, but, um, it's fun and I enjoy it. And, and we got to get you on the show too, man, just to kind of, you know, return a favor and, and talk shop a little bit. So, um, yeah, hopefully that happens in, in the near future. You let me know, my friend, I'll be there. I'm, uh, I'm happy to come and come and do that with you guys. And, do some more collaborating with the rock and stock podcast. I got to meet your guys too. Cause I've been hearing them now. So excuse me, associating the name with the face would be nice. Cause I, uh, I've been hearing them and you guys sound great. So I'm excited for more episodes for you guys and, and what you guys got coming in the future. Cause like I said, there's not a lot of sneaker, uh, podcasts out there that I think have their finger on the pulse and know what they're talking about. Like you guys do, you know, there's a lot of these, kids out here that just got into it and started reselling or whatever and think it's a way to just make some money. And that's great. Like good for you, do your hustle, but that's not what sneakers is about. So you guys have figured that out. And, you know, like he said, go check them out if you haven't yet. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for episode 36. Um, You got any, you want to say bye to the people, anything you want to say before we bounce? That's it, man. I, you know, like I said, check us out the rock and stock podcast. Um, so it'll be a fun ride of sneaker conversation. Um, you know, you can always hit us up and, you know, if you got any topics, ideas, or, you know, think of, think of some guests that we should have on the show, um, feel free. Uh, the email also is the rock and stock podcast at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us there. Um, yeah, man, that's it, man. It was a fun conversation. I finally got my 15 minutes of fame or hour and 15 minutes of fame. If you want, um, Cause you know, I've got been a fan of this podcast since the early days. And I was like, when am I getting on? Where's my shot? When do I get my shot? He's like, yeah, well, we got you. I'm gonna get you on. I'm like, all right. So we finally got it done, man. And I'm glad we did. We had some changes and some things happening and, and well, I'm saying we, but really it's me uh, now, but yeah, there were some things going on and some changes and all that. So I'm glad we finally got you on, man. Cause and again, I say, we it's still a habit. Um, I got you on because your knowledge on this whole industry is, is, uh, rivaled by few at this point. So thank you for spending your time with me uh, on your day off too. I appreciate you. Um, and like I said, the socials uh, for Kyle, he already mentioned them, um, but the rock and stock podcast, you can find them through there and make sure you go listen to them on Spotify, Apple podcasts and Google podcasts. Um, and you could do the same thing with your stereotypical podcast. It is your stereotypical podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Um, all this can be yours if the price is right. No, I'm kidding. 
they, thank you guys for tuning in and listening, whether this was your first episode or your 36th episode. Um, I'm humbled that you spent this time with me and with Kyle and I appreciate you. And thank you for supporting both of us. Shout out to all, all, the, all the folks we work with at Nike, man. You got a lot of those folks on the show. But that's been a, a good listen, man, just to kind of reconnect those guys virtually and just kind of listening to what they had to say, man. It's a lot of those guys doing great things, um, you know, post-Nike. So that's big, big. Yeah, man. It's been seeing uh, the Nike alum from that. I don't even know if we could say that class, but a very special group. And I'm just uh, eternally grateful that they that everybody – from the Nike Portland days has been so supportive because I really feel like that group is the group that's helping build this thing from nothing. So, so thank you guys. And, you know, if you were from Nike Portland in those days and you want to be a part of this and you want to join the, the, your stereotypical podcast family, hit me up, man. I'm happy to have anybody on anytime and we can, you know, have some conversation and talk about whatever. So uh, thank you again for listening. Kyle say peace to the people. Peace. We should have a reunion episode though. Peace. Oh my God. See, he's throwing it out there. He's trying to, he's trying to start it up. He, oh my God. All right. We love you guys. We're over and out over here. Thank you again. All right. How we Get a load of this guy. I'm seasoned like a motherfucking fish fry. Fish fry. Fish fry. Fish fry. That's a lot of seasoning. Well, you're a seasoned vet. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying?